Step to Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 13. I'm not acting crazy with you tonight. And we are three short weeks away from Decision Day. Can you believe it? That's insane. We're almost here. So how many? So there's 15 episodes? I don't know. They're always adding some extra. We are probably due to do a like. To check. It's really weird because when you look up the guides online, they will not show what's past the next week. But I know they're somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we still have a, a, a little ways to go here. We have our intimacy episode next week mm-hmm. at some point we are gonna have our getaway our group getaway oh my god i love a group retreat so and then yeah, decision, so maybe maybe yeah yeah we do so this week was the classic childhood stomping grounds week the week where we write letters to our younger selves it does tend to bring about more vulnerability and can highlight like where a couple is or isn't depending on how that goes but before we jump in a few things we had some contributors to our buy me a coffee this week so we just want to shout out to those people that meant a lot and just remind y'all that this does take quite a few hours week to week and if you are enjoying the pod it means a lot to us if you go into those show notes and go to our buy me a coffee account and make a contribution This is also your reminder that reviews go a really long way for us to get more listeners and bring more people into this fun recapping community. So if you haven't already, please go into really whatever platform you're on. Leaving a review is helpful, but Apple Podcasts in particular allows you to do a written review, and that goes a long way. And we are at, I believe, 84 right now. And I want to just set a crazy goal. Okay. I think we can hit 100 by the end of the season. Oh, okay. I think it's possible. I'm going to create some fake emails and get us there. (laughs) No, you're not. No, and that thing's too smart. If you try to do another one, it takes it away anyway. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) There will be no tomfoolery. But I think it's possible. So what I'm going to say is that for now, our 90th reviewer, is going to get like a shout out, but it's going to be sung. A sung shout out. I'm going to sing for you. Okay. I like it. Uh, it, It's going to be short, but it's going to be a song. So I mean, we've heard, we've heard what you've done with the re singing of the songs that are on the episode. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait to hear what, what you're going (laughs) to conjure up. Uh, And finally, before we jump in, we heard from a cast member again this week, none other but the gorgeous, beloved Jasmine, who is an avid Till Death Do Us recap listener, which we feel honored by. So honored. And she wanted to um, share a little bit of background on last week's episode and she did just make a point. I mean, we're going to summarize for the sake of brevity and contracts and stuff. But uh, she just wanted to clear up that, you know, in that hour plus long session with Dr. Pepper, she said a lot more. She was really frustrated. And, you know, everyone can think what they want about this. But bottom line is editing is somewhat relevant because 
everything we're seeing is scenes that were, you know, hours potentially longer than distilled down into like 30 seconds to two minutes. Yeah. And always our MO has been like, we can only comment on what we see. Right. You know, and so. So that motivated Jasmine to reach out and just let us know, like that session went a lot longer. And something that I went into more depth about was that I wanted to go deeper with Eris. And I didn't know if I was at a point where that was even possible right now because of how shut down and rejected I had been and felt up to this point. And she was frustrated that they didn't show as much of what she said. And they didn't show the part with her answering questions with Eris, really. And she did say, so a few things, that whole question exercise that to us reads as like happening right after the session with Dr. Pep, that was a whole week after Mm. they met with Dr. Pepper. So not quite as immediate. And she said that they talked much more in depth about Eris's friend who committed suicide and they went much deeper into that. And she had plenty to say and really respected that sharing that was happening. So she was frustrated with the way it looked. And obviously we commented on what we saw, which was that it looked like she gave back nothing Yeah, for a really important topic. Uh, so there's that. And she did confirm that at that point in filming, she was still sheltering her mom from a lot of the truth of what was going down because she was holding on to maybe and she was holding on to the possibility for change. And so, yeah, her mom was out of the loop in that gotcha. conversation with Eris, which we have great instincts over here. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but no, more than that, it like it just explains the jolly disposition that her mom was coming from in a way yeah. like much more. Yeah, definitely. Um, So how about that cast reaching out some inside scoop? Very exciting. Yeah. Getting a little peek behind the curtain here. Yeah. We love to hear from any and all cast members. So don't hesitate friends. And we, we can paraphrase and also protect anything that no one is ready to share as well. So with that said, let's jump in. Let's jump into a couple that I don't think we've usually started with. Let's start with Kirsten and Shaquille. Let's do it. So we open up with them. They're doing like a walkthrough of a home that, you know, supposedly she's selling. It's like a $2.9 million home. And they're walking around and it is cool. Initially, like Shaquille's very turned on by like her businesswoman realtor ways, like vaulted ceilings, things of that nature. <laughs> and getting to see her in her element and like know the terminology and explain the way she would be showing this house to other people. He really liked that. And it does progress to them really fantasizing about a future, which I feel like was very cute. They were talking a lot about like, just envisioning themselves in the future with kids in a house like this, blah, blah, blah. Cute, cute, cute. Then she takes it to, could you ever see your, could you see yourself buying a house soon? And he's like, I mean, definitely that's something I want to do. Like it's something I want to do. I've been thinking about it for a long time, but it would need to be the right thing. And this leads to her saying, 
you know, well, your lease is up in three months. So that should be the good time. Yeah. And he's clearly very thrown. Like, wait, that's really soon to be buying a home. As am I. (laughs) Yes. And then it gets taken even further where now she's insisting this is something she expects him to do for her solely, that he will be responsible for buying her a home. And uh, not only that, but it will be equally her home because she will get put on the deed. And what's the big deal? And he's he's totally thrown. He's like, wow. Like, he pushes back a bit. Like, you really mean just you? Like, no. What about we will work towards that together one day? And she's very, no, no. This is the way that I expect it to be done. He's very put off. And she's. I'm very put off. I'm very put off. I mean, yeah. So let's take a second to talk about how absurd this is. I feel like. Gosh, I'm frustrated because I can't remember the name, but there was a person four to five seasons ago who was very, very, it was a woman and she was hell bent on like old school gender roles. And one of them meant like they did not split their income 50-50. Was it Mirla? No. Okay. It was pre-Mirla. Okay. But it reminded me of this because she was hell bent that like the home would need to be bought without her help. Anyways, this is just nuts. It's not fair. It's It's not fair at all. I I believe the line was, as long as we continue in this marriage, you're going to have to buy us a house. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the deal. She's successful. Mm -hmm. Okay. It gets brought up. She drives a Benz. Well, supposedly. She's also in a one-bedroom apartment with nary a thing on a wall. This is true. So who can say? Okay. Well... I mean, th- this conversation takes place in the context of a nearly $3 million home. Right. And gender roles aside, as someone who works in education, okay, it is an underpaid area of life. Mm-hmm. And asking this man to be prepared to buy a home in three months with her name on the deed. All by himself. All by himself is preposterous preposterous it's it's insane well and i'm like you know better kirsten like if you are a millennial in 2023 you know that it's damn near impossible to buy a home period and then you throw on top of that that your partner you don't you don't expect to have to contribute at all like unless you are in a very tiny percentage of very very wealthy people that is just not attainable. No. Like people in our age group, if if we can buy a home, let alone like before 40, are very, very, very lucky. And obviously things are different regionally. But still, I'm just like you were in a $3 million home in Nashville, which means it's probably $7 million in L.A. Yeah. And all, all around, this is just ridiculous and something that. So like she's clearly holding on to this. Then we do her childhood home. Of course, we don't actually know the proximity of this to that, but we are led to think that this is soon after where, you know, she's showing the home that she grew up in until her family was broken with her parents' divorce. It clearly rocked her a lot, but it's interesting to me that she really, the thing she still hones in on, even though there was all of this um, instability, is like that in, in a certain way, in a certain light, which is financial, clearly, 
her dad was perfect. Which mm. you you have to wonder, how did you end up there? There's a lot you're not saying. Yeah. But okay. It's just funny the things that us as people choose to um whatever, cling to in, yeah. in spite of things. Cause I, I still feel like she hasn't gotten super deep about her childhood in any sort of like super specific way. Yeah. You know? But um, whatever, this is something she really holds on to and she uses it as an opportunity to bring up, you know, and like I said, my dad was always a provider and provide and provided and providing and purchasing home, car, provide. So you're like, okay, we get it. Like you're banging him over the head with this, like, you think that this is subliminal. He doesn't think it is. Yeah. (laughs) He knows better. And that, of course, opens up this side thing, which is, she makes it such a big deal that he be exactly like her dad, but she has yet to introduce them. Yes. And Shaq is like, Shaq is, you can tell, fighting the tendency to personalize that. And I would say you spend the episode thinking that it kind of is personal, that she's saying that they're not ready. And you get why he's confused because you're like. You're talking about buying a house. Yeah, and you're saying I need to be exactly like your dad and you won't even let me meet your dad? Yeah. Like, what the hell? One caveat here is we do find out in After Party that he wasn't expressing how much this really was frustrating him as openly as he would have us think because he was saying it to friends and camera, but maybe not Saying it to everyone else, it seemed like. Yeah. And secondly, Kirsten is adamant that she was really trying to make this happen and at one point even made a call on speaker so that Shaquille would see she was trying to make it happen. Her big thing is her dad's super busy with work. She didn't want them to just roll up at work because she really wanted it to be a meaningful sit down. And she had tried a few times and it kept not working because of her dad's schedule. That's boring. That's not good TV. That's logistical. You see why they didn't include it. But you also see why it was important for her to set that record straight yes. in After Party because it's like, okay, that was made to seem like bigger drama than it fully was yeah yeah so so with i guess going back to what i was originally saying about just her her insistence that he buy the home we end up somewhere i'm skipping over a little bit but we end up somewhere where she ends up trying to make it seem like what everything she said at that house wasn't serious I, it was so confused. I was so confused. She was confused. very dismissive and avoidant and acted like she was Jay Kane, a.k.a. she was like straight up gaslighting him in that moment. Yeah. And then because then it get, you, this car thing gets thrown in there, you know, know. where she he's where she goes like, do you uh, you could buy me a Lamborghini and trade in my Mercedes? And I'm like, OK, that's obviously a joke. And I'm like, what's going on? But what are you serious know about at this point anymore? Because he's like. I don't, he's like, okay, um, I could get you a Toyota (laughs) or a Honda. (laughs) And then, but he's clearly like distressed about this and like really wants to dig in because he's like, a lot has come to light this week. You have some high standards of living and some higher expectations than I knew. We need to like get serious about this and talk about this. And she's like eating. This is their double date. Like this is post double date with Eris and Jasmine, but she's totally dismissing him and she keeps finally she's like oh you're gonna get all crazy with me this doesn't need to be so serious you're making a big deal and he's like 
But then at the same time, she's like, I know people who are married to guys who buy them cars and houses and stuff. So it's like, Kirsten. She's dead ass about the house. I'm sorry. Yeah, she is. She is. All the other stuff, whatever. But it's just, to go back to this whole thing, it's ridiculous in that this is not a couple who's at the level yet of a Chris and Nicole, right? right? And so having these conversations about, okay, in three months when your lease is up, I expect that we're looking for houses just doesn't make sense in the context of their relationship. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it just was not, like, then he starts getting, like, frustrated because she's clearly doesn't want to have this conversation right now. And he's like, you keep saying, it's like all of his frustrations are coming out in this moment. Because then he's like, can you please stop chewing while I'm talking? (laughs) And she's like, I, she was like, that's why I'm covering my mouth. And he's like, no, but I can still hear you chew. And it's starting (laughs) to get petty. It's devolving. And she's like, you're acting crazy. And he's like, okay, if we are talking about this, we need to have a conversation about this because you tend to be someone who views your standards not being met as complete failure. And so I need to get really crystal clear on your standards. And she's like, I'm just kidding. Da, 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 da. And he's like, wait a second. You told me at the honeymoon that I joke too much yes. and that you need everything to be taken more seriously. And here I am trying to take some things that you said seriously and dig into them. And you're avoiding this talk and making me seem like I'm too serious. And then all of a sudden she's reasonable. And she's like, I was just trying to say, I meant one day, whatever we get approved for, let's buy a house. And he's like, that is not what you said. Yes. (laughs) And she just kind of holds to her dismissiveness. And I think it's just because she can't deal with, then all of a sudden she's like, don't take on pressure. I don't want you to feel pressured. We're going to be fine. And I'm just like, Kirsten, why, why up? She's, she is someone who constantly expects him to mind read. And she clearly went on a journey this week. Yeah. Like if, if, if what she's saying at the end of this talk is real, her mind has changed in this week. And that is what he's trying to talk about. He's like, we need to be able to have a conversation together and meet a point in the middle And she says one thing really black and white. Then all of a sudden, she doesn't like being challenged about it. So she was just kidding. And actually, it's going to be fine. And we'll figure it out. And I'm not saying we need to buy it. I just think she's being unfair. Yeah, I agree. And the the way that she is having these conversations, it's I can't figure out really what she what she wants, Mm -hmm. because she can be very serious in how she talks. And then it kind of becomes like a, oh, I'm just kidding. And, yeah. and then it goes back to seriousness right. again. And and I'm my head's spinning trying to figure out where we're at on this and right. what the real expectations are. And until you can be, like you said, crystal clear, no one's going to have success here. Right. And what's happening is like, she has to be really forthcoming and be willing to have these difficult conversations, which a difficult conversation is it being two ways and him being allowed to have an opinion about what her expectations are. And the, the like the relationship will go nowhere if she doesn't make room for that. 
She does admit in After Party that she got carried away and she acknowledges she scared him in that moment and that, yes, she was serious. So I'm like, thank you. And I mean, there isn't there isn't a lot that. She doesn't like say she wishes she did anything differently. <laughs> yeah, it was says, kind of a bizarre yeah, after party. I, I did. I went, I was too much. Uh, I guess to like go back a bit, I feel like they. So he facilitates this meetup with his godmother and god sister, mm-hmm. and that was just very sweet. And he kind of frames that as I want her to see how important family is to me. So like, if she's not going to bring me around her dad, then I'm going to bring more of my family around, and. From this, we just learn more about who he is as a person, which is very, it's entirely like, it makes so much sense. You're like, of course, you're a counselor at a university. And of course, you are like the coordinator, the event planner of the family. Um, And I do think that Kirsten really likes all of those things. They're very like team Shaquille all the way. And it's very sweet. And I feel like he deserves that. And then they do their double date with Eris and Jasmine and which I got scared at first when this double date started because we <laughs> open up and they're at an airsoft place uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like and they're putting on like flat jackets and I'm like uh, as someone who has dabbled in the airsoft world in my youth <laughs> I was very worried that these people were going to actually be shooting rubber or being plastic pellets at 182 feet per second at each other untrained but it was just nerf guns so it worked out oh right okay yeah there wasn't anything major that stood out except oh wait this is the most important thing that jasmine said she was like omg me and shaquille are a hundred percent just really great friends absolutely nothing more never like so just to put that out there let's put that conspiracy theory that I totally fanned the flame on to rest. Yes. Um, but that said, they swapped partners to basically like, you know, talk about the relationship. And he opens up a bit with Jasmine about like being frustrated about not meeting the dad yet. And it's interesting because Kirsten watching it back at after party is like very pissy that he was expressing this to someone. Yeah. Like, Especially can... another f- female. Like, it's one thing if it's your your guys that you're talking to, mm-hmm. but I could see how she would feel a type of way. Annoyed. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you think about this couple? <sighs> I don't what know. Feeling? It's it's like a, a slow seesaw back and forth, <laughs> I, I feel like. Like, nothing extreme is happening mm-hmm. where we're going so high and so low, yet... It doesn't really feel like last week I kind of thought was a little bit of a breakthrough for them mm-hmm. with the painting and getting closer. And now it was a little bit of a step back wah, wah. in a way like yeah. that, that, that it didn't feel at least in what we saw, like we're taking giant steps forward here. I don't know. Yeah, I, I still really- get hard to, I get hard to read vibes on, Kirsten, mm-hmm. I think Shaq's amazing. And anytime I think I like understand where Kirsten is coming from, we get a little bit of a curveball. Always. And, like, and it's why it's hard to pin of, them down. There's a part of me that feels like, Kirsten, you never let the shit just breathe. Do you ever let yourself just 
be in the moment and have fun with this man and let him romance you and romance him. Like around every corner is a new expectation or like expectation or demand or um, angle to like criticism. I just, I don't know. And so that's what even there are total, I feel like we have gotten many glimpses of like, I believe Kirsten is attracted to Shaquille at this point. I do. Yeah. And I I think we've gotten lots of glimpses of what they are capable of being, but she seems hell bent on being difficult. You know, yeah, and yeah. I just feel like there's going to come a point where Shaq is, you know, it's one thing to say, yes, we show up for each other, even in our not as cute moments. Sure. Always. But Kirsten hasn't really like at a certain point, you 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 burn your goodwill. And like, I just don't feel like she's made enough deposits into the account to like take her the distance with this man. I think he's going to at a certain point be like, F this, I'm defeated. You move the goalposts constantly. You're always fucking confusing me. Like you play mind games and it's maybe not worth it, which just really sucks because I feel like there was like an alternate timeline with these two that could have been really freaking enjoyable to witness. And I guess the hardest thing for me is like, like kind of like I, said a, a moment ago there's no there's nothing catastrophic that's happened right and so it's this whole thing is just kind of stuck in second gear mm-hmm. and um, you're ever wondering if we're really gonna get out of that right you know power rankings wise it's like we've been up we've been you know in the middle to up the whole time but mm-hmm. nothing has really popped yeah and and so it's just a general coast. And I just don't think that like long term that's going to work out, which is sad. I wonder if they're like regularly having sex. I don't the... think they've had it yet. Oh, why did I think last week? Because I think that was like oh, on a right. preview. They yeah. went, well, they did stuff after they went pain. into the room. But yeah, it didn't seem like I thought they would have. I kind of think they have by now. Oh. But you're right. They haven't fully admitted it. Yeah, I guess we're never going to know because or we won't know until Shaq tells us because she doesn't want that information shared. So, right. But if that was the case and they did. Well, it's a lens it's like, to view. These doesn't that through. garner some goodwill? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have. And that's why she's like, OK, it's going good. Yeah. Buy me a house. Well, right. That's also what I wonder. Like, if in her mind, she's gone deeper, maybe physically. And so now she's like, now I'm going to um, lay out the scroll of my expectations yeah. now that this is real. Which, I mean, that would make more sense in a way. Yeah. That's huh. kind of why I was wondering. Interesting. Okay. Well, it's all speculation at this point. Yeah. But I am curious what you guys think, if you think they've gone the distance yet or not. Uh, okay. Let's move on, though, to Eris and Jasmine. So I just have to say something about this couple this week that I just feel like I have to say. Okay. (laughs) And I just didn't, you know, that I'm pretty fiercely anti-Eris on this show. Yes. And just in this season. We both have been. I feel like now I, I will, we will go through everything and we will keep reiterating that in the end it is too little too late. Yes. Probably. But 
I think there's been some major growth in the last week and a half with this guy. And I think it's really upsetting to see what he is capable of right now. Yeah. And to know that if he could have not been such a dingleberry for the first four weeks, this could have been their week one. Why aren't you leading with this? Literally. This, like, why aren't you? If this was week one or even week two, mm-hmm. we would be, I think, in a whole different place. A totally different relationship. And it, it's uh, it's frustrating. It's, it's very frustrating to see. Because this last two weeks have been his best two weeks in terms of vulnerability, openness. And you're like, okay, it's there. The growth is happening, and it's really frustrating because it's just too late. And you understand why it's too late on her behalf because, you know, like, we don't need to go through and remember every single little fucked up conversation and every stupid thing he said in front of the group about sex and all of the, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, just all the dates, all the, the honeymoons and the month anniversaries. All these little opportunities that were past squandered, squandered. Exactly. They were squandered because we couldn't figure out how to get to this point earlier. It's tragic. Show up as yourself. Yeah. Really yourself. You know, like all of that bullshit of like the the never have I ever's. And that was all a facade. And it's so. It's so fresh. It's like he needed to get it out of his system first to like show up as this person now. But it, again, it's too late. But I had to say it like I I am seeing progress in this man. I do not think he is too far gone in this life on Earth. But it's very frustrating to see that like. He could have had a head start if he could have mentally been here four weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so, I mean, we have Jasmine talking to her girlfriend. And I mean, something that we do keep having reiterated that only Jasmine can really hold the responsibility for. And this is, I think, her biggest sh- shortcoming in this season is that she is used to avoiding arguments and acknowledging her big feelings. Because she has been such a doer in her family dynamic. It's been just about like getting it right and showing up and doing the right thing and helping everybody else and not making waves. And it's frustrating because she has so much going on in her head and her heart. And like this is she confirms to this friend what we've been talking about for weeks, which is that if she thinks things will rock the boat, she avoids saying them. And yet, like what we all know, even though their yes is always risk when you rock the boat, like you're risking getting a reaction and it may not be the one you like, but it's the only way to find out if there's something worthwhile here on the other side. Because like, so, what's the alternative? Never. I mean, again, he hasn't made it super safe to be herself as well. Yeah. But this is clearly something that she struggles with, heiress or not. So are you saying or suggesting then that at one of these squandered opportunities that we just talked about, she should have been more upfront and been like, hey, I'm not doing this. Never have I ever. Yes. I'm not doing this sex talk. This is what I need from you. This is what I want from you. This is how. I want the energy of the girl with Kwame on Love is Blind right now. What's her name? Who like. 
Oh yes, I know who you're talking. Kate, I've, is it, I've never seen a girl on reality TV be so self assured, and it's not a freak out. It's not a yelling. Which I with Jasmine, I just want her true feelings in whatever package they come at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's deserved the yelling freak out for weeks. Mm-hmm. But this is so unhelpful. But for any of you watching Love is Blind, I think you know who I'm talking about. When she senses that she's not being treated well, she goes, oh, no, no. So these are my standards. And so you are going to either meet them or you're going to be truthful that you can't. And I'm walking away because I deserve ABC. And that's all I'm settling. Like, I'm not settling for anything less. And it's like, oh. <gasps> Oh my God, the magnificence, like, yeah, the grace, the strength. Well, you've seen it with Jasmine's facial reactions to things, right? And so you know you there's, know there's like, more. there's some feelings going on there, and go for it, right? Go for it. Yeah, you know. So, so I would just say that to me speaks to who she's felt she's needed to be this whole season, and it's of course been exacerbated by Aris's lack of care and lack of safe environment that he has created mm-hmm. or not created. But I think that this is already a tendency for her. And I think that sometimes like the only chance, like if you really are trying to last ditch effort, it's like you owe it to yourself and the other person to let it all hang out at a certain point and just get really raw and like, see what happens, you know? And that's, yeah. I, I will say I, I strongly encourage Jasmine, I told her we would all love to see her maybe tell Eris off at a at a future reunion or something. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but her big thing with her friend is that she admits that like her attraction is obviously waning after all these weeks. And it's like, no, duh. You know? Yeah. So they go to the card shop. I loved this part. Yeah, that was very cute. As a sports card guy myself mm-hmm. in my youth mm-hmm. i definitely related to eris's uh card collecting yeah that was like something i was so into from i don't know about eight to 14 mm-hmm. take them over to my friend's house every every time we hung out trade cards it was great so good on you eris let's <laughs> let's trade <laughs> well and it's like it's meaningful to him for he gets into it like yeah. this was important because he was moving around constantly. He was always the new guy. And so like this was his way in with other guy with other kids. Yeah. Very cute. And he's just like, I just I do get a kick out of he keeps reiterating to camera that he wants to be open and vulnerable with her now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm the one that's more comfortable going deeper. And I'm just like, yeah, Eris, for good reason. You keep doing that. And expecting nothing in return for the foreseeable future because you have to earn her trust back. Yeah. You know? And she wants to go deeper, but she's like, admits that she's worried that he's just gonna like cut and run. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Given her every reason to think that, both in his, of course, how like removed and cold he was for the first few weeks, but what he says himself about what he's done in the past. Wait, was anyone thrown when he says, one thing my therapist pointed out is. I was like. I was like, huh? "Huh? (laughs) My therapist? So, I mean, I'd love to know more about that. Like, did you just get a therapist like two weeks ago? Or. Was this former therapy? That just like 
never showed up in your life until two weeks ago, like in terms of your actions. I need to know more. And um, all I have to say is that in this day and age, that's something that you lead with, with a woman. <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah. That, that Saying my therapist, blank, blank, blank. That is like, you're already. You immediately on, get a point. In you're your on favor. first base. Yeah. Like, <laughs> essentially. Totally. This, when, what these women want these days <laughs> is a therapized man. An emotionally intelligent man and how whatever it takes to get there, we're impressed by. So <laughs> he pointed out, though, with that, so beyond the shock of him having a therapist, this thing that you were saying of how he always, like, because he was constantly moving as a kid, it's as an adult manifested in him cutting and running whenever things get hard or he doesn't want to be in a situation or with certain people anymore or whatever, then he can bounce. And it's like, he's being open, but he's also confirming for her one of her fears, I'm sure. Yeah. And like with the way the prior four weeks have gone, why wouldn't she deeply wonder and be fearful that like, why would she be any different? Especially when he hasn't shown a lick of interest in me until a few days ago. So, and then he shares that, uh, well, he shares his letter to himself. It was very meaningful. Yeah. It was really meaningful. Uh, she shares her letter to herself. We learn a lot about her. She was bullied a lot when she first, like as a kid. And again, we get from him. I'm ready, like to camera. He's like, I'm ready to let it all out. You know, I'm just ready now. It's just like something about the bullying that she was talking about when she moved to Memphis. Uh She was bullied a lot Uh in junior high and into high school because she was too proper. And it really just made me go back to the wedding Mm -hmm. with Eris's cousin, Mm -hmm. Paulina, and get even more upset because that's exactly being a bully. Well, and and what she was saying, oh, you're too put together. You're too, like, that had to open up an old wound. Yeah. Because that she's essentially getting told the same thing now right. as an adult, which right. is messed up. Yeah. And then he reads her, which this was like a very big thing to do. Yeah. We, we find out in After Party, he has never shared this letter with a woman in his life. And he decides he wants to share this letter that his dad wrote to his mom before he died basically expressing that he wanted to be an heiress's his child's life and he hadn't been up to that point and it's so heavy but really kind of beautiful and Mm -hmm. like heartbreaking and interesting that like it's been so important for him to save this his entire life and reread it i would imagine to remind himself that there was a time where he was like actively chosen by someone yeah Um, And that he was, there was a time where like, it seemed like maybe he wasn't worth it to his dad. And then his dad set the record straight. Like, I don't know. There's so much there, I feel like. And that, like, it really shows like a deep part of his soul. Because that must, it fills a certain need in his life, you know, to to carry that around. Yeah, definitely. And to reread it. And I feel like she is very receptive to that. And... Again, we get him in camera. I'm kind of taking the lead with being vulnerable. And, you know, I think she really likes that. So I think she does. Yeah. It's just, 
she how can she's really struggling with knowing if she's supposed to trust this now and she says that to Shaquille even when they're one yeah. on one and she's just like I literally go back and forth like I think we're doing great for a couple days and think wow we're really growing blah 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 and then the next day I'm like wow he's so disinterested in me he's counting down the days till this is over so you understand she's just she's trying to receive these new versions of him but there's not trust there and she doesn't know if she should take it at face value or not which is understandable yeah i just this is like all setting up for eris to open up not not work out on decision day and then him go back into the spiral of i tried once i tried and another person's leaving me you know and it's just like oh this is just a sad, a sad state for everyone I will say, though, something that goes along that I think really like underlined for me that there is growth for Eris as a person is that watching him on After Party this week, I felt like he really owned like I almost felt like Keisha was trying to push him maybe because it would have just been an easy, fun conflict TV moment to be like, well, you're opening up now and Jasmine isn't. What do you think about that, Eris? And I was about to be so mad. But good on Eris. He went, you know what? I actually think that she has every right to be the way she is right now because I have not cultivated a safe space for her to get more vulnerable. So I actually don't blame her. I'm like, has he been listening to the pod? (laughs) (laughs) But also, can we talk about something that I saw somewhere? like? Those tweets that they're pretending are watch what happens live moments. This is not live. This was shot, what, a month ago? Maybe longer? So, like, some producer is writing these damn fake tweets. Yeah. And I'm just it's like, it's a way to make to it seem it like we're engaging with fans yeah. and they're the ones asking the questions, but it's that's like, not no. happening. No. But yeah, I appreciated that he owned that entirely. And yeah. he didn't try to take it anywhere else. Um, so I don't know. I just was like, I have to admit, this man is growing as a person and hopefully enough so that it, what you are saying you're afraid will happen won't happen. Hopefully he'll have seen enough positives as a result of this change in himself that at least he has a fighting chance in the future with someone else. But who can say... should we move on to nicole and chris let's do it okay so we open up at the deli like so there was a few like lame um visits that like you just knew were like random spots that had to get picked because of relevance because their hometown is not here you know yes so i mean this deli was very cute but the point is this was not the deli that she grew up going to uh, and whatnot but um, I was like, what a fun. I'm so jealous of that about New York living. Yeah. That, like your family hub zone, friend zone. It's so much cooler than a diner. It really suburbs, is. You know? Yeah. I love a good Italian deli. So she just describes more here about how she didn't have a lot of ground rules as a kid, as a teenager. And she wishes she did because she was so approval seeking and at such a vulnerable age that she went along with a lot of shit that she shouldn't have, you know, yeah. just like, so she, you know, she's talking about 
how she was so worried about being cool and getting their attention that she was willing to do things like skip class and all that. Yeah, she's a self-admitted big, was a big liar as a kid. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess I'm trying to, I just, I wrote, like, I'm trying to figure out, all I'm hearing is that you were a girl, like, you were a fucking teenager in New York without a lot of rules, and you did some dumb shit for a couple years. Like, I just, then we segue into Chris going, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to marry the woman that Nicole was when she was younger. <laughs> that was my favorite. And I moment. was like, Chris, no one thinks you should have. She was 14 to 17. I mean, I understand we've talked about how she's had some party years in her 20s, but like, I don't know. I'm like, this stuff, this is, this is real. This stuff is real. And these are real conversations. And I feel like we've had conversations like this because I, like, I can relate to some of that, you know? Yeah. Because I was, a, like, a rebel at that age. But let's not act like she had a heroin addiction <laughs> <laughs> for years. <laughs> like, what's the reveal? Like, you were a little rebel in, when you were a teenager. Like, yeah. we are in our 30s now. It doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. Like, did you kill someone? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, like, w- once again, your life experience is your life experience. Right. And I just this think it's is when you talk about it. Yeah. So much. Um, it seems like there's like judgment of mm. that version of herself. And I think that it's good to acknowledge, you know, these things about the past. Like, oh, I was attention seeking and I was doing some of this dumb shit for reasons of that were much deeper needs that I couldn't be aware of at the time, which is most people at that age, you know? Um, but to like, I'm just like, you, you weren't a bad person though, Nicole, like it's okay. Like it's pretty normal and you've lived some life and that's attractive in my opinion. Her letter to herself, I was a little confused because some of it was getting read in the car, but then some of it was getting, but then like Chris interrupted with personal stories about himself. Yeah, I was a little confused as well. I think that that they must have made them like reshoot reading it at the park. And so they were able to just split it between the two. But, you know, what comes out from the, like, well, we find out that her mom dated a really shitty, like abusive sounding person at some point after her parents were divorced. And then we find out Chris's mom went through something similar and was with someone super abusive who, like, threatened to kill their dog and, like, was very scary. So they can relate on, like, knowing what that's like. And then, of course, what Nicole went through herself. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is there are these connections being made there. And it feels like one of her big takeaways is, like, besides, like, things around confidence and just, like, resting assured and who you are being enough and stuff a lot about how like she was so worried after she went through that really heinous abusive relationship she was so worried about like protecting herself from that ever happening again that then you're not open to anyone or any possibility and so again like we talked about last week I feel like Chris might be breaking some of these cycles more than we even realize. Because, again, to me, Nicole seems so highly, like, evolved. Like, it's very obvious she's done a lot of work on herself and understands herself on a deep level. And so it can seem like 
she must have always been this way or been this way for at least the last five years or, you know, but maybe a lot of this is happening in real time. time, Yeah, I think I think so. And with the little preview of what she says about having so many issues and we don't obviously know the context to that. Yeah. But yeah, it does seem like a lot of this is getting dealt with in this relationship. And I think that like, I just hope she doesn't judge. I don't like these are not these are all very like human issues and not to like be dismissive of them because they're real and they're valuable things to take into account and think about and work through with your person. Um, But I just hope that she doesn't over identify with them as if they're like like she's this deeply fucked up person. It's like you're not any more fucked up than anybody else. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then we go into the random paint store that's definitely not his dad's paint store. Yeah, Chris takes Nicole to a Sherwin-Williams. <laughs> but this is where we find out that, like, about his relationship with his dad, which I think definitely, like... It was interesting. Yeah. It was really interesting. He apparently, like, worked for his dad for a long time, hated working for his dad. Um his dad was very, like harsh yeah and verbally intense and would make them feel like if they there was no room for mistakes yeah yeah and wasn't the best role model and had to like essentially learn how to be a husband from other outside influences because he felt like his dad wasn't that person which is super sad yeah um but it seems like they've gotten better over the years yeah, it's, it all well, changed with recently, this. Like, yeah, even like really recent or I guess so with his dog, that was a big thing with him that bonded them. But yeah, I mean, he even seemed surprised at like how copacetic everything was at the wedding. Yeah. And like and Nicole was, too, because she didn't realize like how much was behind all of that. So it's I mean, like too probably the pressure with the family business was amplified because it was kind of a, he had a weakened relationship with dad anyway. So of course what comes with that is like so much more pressure for everything to be perfect and for you to not cause any waves. So that definitely gave us all perspective into, you know, what keeps getting called as like his people pleasing tendencies. And I think what's important to reiterate is that there's people pleasing in and of itself on its head is not inherently bad but it can be manifested in good and bad ways and so i do think it's been painted as an overall weakness about him and i feel like let's also remember like he knows what it's like to be made to feel like shit all the time so he also decided it was his mission to make people feel good Mm -hmm. that's really beautiful yeah definitely but yes also perspective as to into like why he might be willing to bend for others. But again, we're not really seeing it. I mean, it feels like in a lot of ways, they're both forging like the best, as cheesy as it sounds, like better versions of themselves that they've always wanted to be in this relationship with each other. And I don't know if we've ever really seen this kind of transformation before with a couple. Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, we've had like very successful couples on this show, but the way that they are able to be vulnerable with each other as well as grow into a new relationship together, it just seems like we're dealing with stuff in real time 
but it's all done very healthily. Yeah. And with a lot of self-awareness and encouragement from both sides. It's just Yeah. It's it's, it's cool. Very it's cool. cool to see. It's like they're finding healing with each other. And I think like in the best case scenario, a lot of relate like relationships can be that. Like you don't get into a relationship to save you and yet it's a really beautiful thing when inadvertently there's like the way you guys are mirrors to each other and also open and supportive to each other like where that can all work together and you become you like heal from things and become better versions of yourself with each other because again like they're they are so natural the way they support each other feels so natural the way they push past the when they fumble and like do weird shit. Like it's all feels so natural that it is, I think, really important and part of what makes their story. Cause sometimes like the best couple of the season can almost get written off as like the boring couple, like, oh, well, they've been fine from the beginning. There's nothing to see here. And I think it is important for us to be reminded, like, they're both saying that this experience it is rewriting their stories. Yeah. And that, like, up until now, I mean, everything they were doing till now got them here, but they haven't experienced this before. So I think that is so cool. Uh, they do their painting activity. All I have to say is their accents are god awful. They're not what they say they are. And it doesn't matter because they are so cute and giggly. And, like, it is just always, like, I, I can't watch people crack each other up without laughing. Yeah. Uh, ending up laughing because it's so infectious. And they just have like a cute, goofy side together. I would love to see more scenes of it. I am so happy that Chris's like impressions are back to a degree. Oh my God, I forgot about the impressions. I was hoping we were going to get a season of impressions. <laughs> right. Because of how much he leaned into that At in the, the first couple yes. episodes. And I just need more. Meanwhile, I forgot about it. I know. I need more. Chris it was like a defining part of his personality at yes. the beginning. I, I did love the old man voice. I see why it makes her laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have something to say real fast before we move on from them. Okay. This episode starts with them going through a drive through at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the protocol is for going through a drive through with your partner. Because... It's I, the amount of times I've been in the front seat and I don't know if I need to re-say what the order is because Nicole's kind of in this middle ground where she's not just telling Chris what to say to the person taking their order. Okay. And so she's like... She's kind of speaking loudly enough to order. Yes, and that's the hardest part to be as someone who's in the driver's seat. It's like, do you now have to yell? Like he was repeating the order. It's just a lot, a very <laughs> stressful situation. And I feel like if you're in the passenger seat, you either have to lean across and be vocal like you are the one giving the order the amount of times that we've been in a drive through together and I've been sitting there and I'm like, did the person on the other side hear what my wife just said? Or like, uh, it's not it's, that confusing. Well, it's it's a hard place to be in. <laughs> okay. Is there anything more? I just think that it's really on the passenger oh. side onus to either be loud enough or be quiet enough. And if you're coming <laughs> with like middling things, it really puts me in an awkward position oh. if, if, if what I need to do next. That sounds really hard. It's a tough How life. How do you get through it? You know, I <laughs> just okay. grin and bear it. <laughs> okay. 
let's talk about Clint and Gina. Um, I'm just going to, I mean, I feel like they got the lamest, shortest edit of this week. Um, there's nothing that stood out as bad and there's nothing that stood out as amazing. We're in such friend zone. Did we even hear their letters category? To I don't think we did. We didn't. I don't. I don't think we, we did. went no, on yeah. a random soccer field. That was the most awkward random thing I've seen. Because the way that Clint said it was as if like, you're like, wait, did you just play AYSO for one year at the age of nine and those lessons never left you? Or did you play all the way up through high school? It didn't seem like he's has a long soccer career. No. So I'm and it's like, like every all... every child plays soccer at, at, at grade or ages not eight and nine. Like, well, the lesson stuck with him till present day perseverance push through. push through he's like kind of really just like lessons. towing the ball around the field i know make, keep like continuing to make it clear he really doesn't know what he's doing and we all know like this is not the park that you kicked the ball at once when you were nine and were three and a half feet tall with 10 size, size nine 10 feet. feet yeah i was confused with that like are we gonna go into some like were you bullied for that but it didn't go there like it just didn't really go anywhere yeah, it, but, it, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And then Gina's like, I mean, hearing the way that he was willing to push through, you know, it gives, it makes me feel really good about us. I'm like, really? The way that- What am I missing? We're definitely missing something. Yeah, I realized this finally. The way that Clint talks, his cadence, mm -hmm. and makes everything kind of- He's got a very not. It seems like a very non-serious tone about everything, even when he's talking about serious things. Mm -hmm. That just kind of throws me. Mm -hmm. Like when they go to the the hair school, mm -hmm. he's like, "Yeah, it's great. She's adaptable and passionate, and I think it's I, I understand where she's coming from." It, it it I and I just like no. I do you get what I'm saying? That's what's been driving me crazy about him all season? I'm like, everything feels surface level. Like, it's he's real. Like, but all he of wants to go so deep about all I'm these saying. dreams and stuff. But his reactions to it, you're right, yes. are surface level. Everything is just. He doesn't emote. He does, yes, he's he doesn't not emote. very expressive. Yeah, like truly expressive. You know, we go to her hair. So we talked about the baffling soccer field moment. Then we go to her hair school. I had no idea she was originally pursuing broadcasting. Yeah. And like went to college for that and everything. So it and it seemed like it was kind of news to him too. So like her going to hair school was a much bigger life pivot and life risk than I think any of us knew before. And I do like that he's willing to acknowledge that just because it's not a regatta doesn't mean it's been way too many weeks just because it's not a regatta doesn't mean she isn't a risk taker or an adventure seeker it just might not look how you think it should yeah and that that's actually very ballsy and he actually gets that because what did i was surprised by what he said he went from what to tech i wrote it some oh he was a pilot yeah that's right which is he ever gonna fly her around i don't know but this man is a a seaman. He's a he's an Air Force seaman like that. You know what I mean. He's but a man of the sea and like in like the air. This man's a penis. A pianist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. He's a um, seaman. Okay, yeah, he is a seaman. He's a pilot. He's a lot of things. He's a techie. He's a techie. <laughs> they have their dinner with her stylist over. Which, once again, we are in another hair place. And I don't know why part of this, like, journey has mm-hmm. not included her giving him a haircut. Totally. And I'm not even saying it because, like, he needs one necessarily. But that's just like sit in the chair, put the apron on. Get it's just like a li- like yeah, take a little like a half inch off all around. She's like probably more intimate with her clients on a daily basis in the head rub she gives them than she is with clients. I know, but this <laughs> is like an opportunity to do something like totally. that. You yeah, know, that's a good I point. just and with this set, like I just appreciate everyone can wham 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 all they want about work salon. I'm bored, but like the bottom line is Gina's social life is also her work and this is again this is how hair salons run you work more on traditional hours and if you're lucky you're friends with everyone you work with and that is like what gives you that's what makes it all worth it and i love to me the way that she views her stylist is like somewhere between her best friends but also mentees and i i love how much she appreciates that and i like for me, getting my girlfriend's opinion of a person would have been really, really important. If anything, I'm like, I wish that we were seeing a little more of Clint's real life. Because I feel like actually up until this point, I don't really know his real life very much. That's a good point. Like yeah. all, We met two female friends of his at the housewarming. I, He's done like Zoom yeah, stuff with people like, and the Frisbees, but hasn't really brought Gina into that. Yeah. Like, let's see the regatta crew. Like, let's go have a boat day. Yeah. I feel like he needs to lean into the boat even more. Like, he should have the, the, he should have gone yeah, to the boat. Yeah, that was his best time. Boat and not the soccer field. Because it seems like he's been on the seas for a, a long time. Yeah. A seaman. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's like literally all I have for them. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we will get their questions next week or if, or their letters or if their letters were just not in depth enough. Compelling enough. Yeah. Are you ready for power rankings? I am ready. Okay. I think I was a week early with this. Okay. Last week's power rankings got some off air confusion. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I feel good about where they are this week. Okay. All right. So my contenders are Chris and Nicole and Kirsten and Shaq. Mm-hmm. And my pretenders are Clinton, Gina and Jasmine and Eris. So nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Okay. But it should have been different last week. So what do you mean it should have been different last week? Last week, Jasmine and Eris should have been a no chance in hell. But... Oh, <laughs> so that you could see growth. Yeah whatever some weeks are gonna be like this you know yeah definitely okay guys well oh my god we didn't include this in the beginning okay well we'll talk about it now okay we are both very active participants in a wedding this coming weekend so if a pod goes out for episode 14 it will be very late it will be something similar to the episode before this so We're just going to leave that up in the air right now so that you know it may not come at all. And we will just get back to it the following week. Um, And if it does come out, it'll be a late surprise. 
But all of that said, next week does look fun. And it looks like they finally get their sex baskets. Oh, boy. We have sex baskets. We have masculinity. We have someone giving up, it seems. we've. I mean, it seems pretty dramatique. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So we will talk to you guys soon. We hope you have amazing weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.